Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Ribbon. This podcast is brought to you by Pete's Car Smart Kia. These guys are not here just to sell you a car, but they believe in building relationships with their customers and the community. Visit their website at petescarsmartkia.com and be sure to follow them on their social media platforms as well. Hey everyone, before we jump into this week's episode of Beyond the Ribbon, I want to remind you that Palace Coffee Company is still giving $1 from every cause latte sold this month and next month to 24 Hours in the Canyon. This month's cause latte is the Espresso Tonic, and it is really good. Uh, it's made with Topo Chico, so that may be something that totally uh, catches your attention. And uh, it's very, very tasty. Cools you off on a very hot day. And then there will be another one next month. So remember, $1 from every cause latte comes to helping local cancer survivors. You can find Palace locations at, in Canyon on the Square. You can find the one downtown on Polk Street. There's one at 34th over by TJ Maxx and Jason's Deli. And then the newest one and largest one, actually, is over off of I-40 in Georgia. Uh, there in the shopping center there in Wolfland. So get by any of those locations, buy you a cause latte, and score us some money. Now let's get to this week's episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Ribbon. My name is Ryan Parnell, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host and oncology nurse, Pam McMillan. Here we are for another one. Yeah, Pam, I tell you, um, I say this all the time, but I love when we have podcasts. I know. We always learn something, right? We do. We learn a lot, usually. And I hope our listeners learn a lot. I hope they can agree with us. I hope so, too. Hey, what do you think of whenever I say grief? Mm. First thing that comes to your mind. Well, for, yeah, loss. Dying. Loss of something. Yeah, mm -hmm. dying. Mm -hmm. Loss of a loved one. You know, sometimes I think we need to think of it not as dying, but losing something, um, especially for our survivors. They go through a lot of grief. That's true. Yeah. You know, and, it, and I think it is the first thing that pops in your head is, you know, grief of loss of a loved one, loss of a friend, family member. Um, but yeah, that's not to downplay one bit that you go through a, um, a time of grieving um, during a cancer diagnosis. Right. For a lot of different things. Right. Um, which is why we have our guest today. That's right. And uh, many of our, our, our listeners will, will recognize and know, and if you haven't listened to our podcasts uh, with our guest, previ our previous podcast with our guest, um, definitely go back. Um, she's got a wealth of knowledge. She does. We, we say it all the time, right, Pam? We keep bringing her back. We have amazing instructors. We have amazing folks that we work with, um, which is uh, uh, very evident with today's guests with Tiffany Lahr and we are super excited because Tiffany, you have a, uh, extensive background, um, in counseling mm -hmm. that you work with our survivors and also in grief. Yes. And yes. so, um, again, Pam, we have what we like to say an expert. That's right. We do. So thank you, <laughs> Tiffany, for joining us. Sure. And yeah, Tiffany, you've, she's been on several of our podcasts and, um, let's just start at the beginning. Like we always like to do. Let's just talk about what grief is. Okay. If well, we can actually put a nice bow on it. Well, actually, there is a definition of grief that I um, have used for years and years because I feel like it it really normalizes the experience for folks. But it is it it comes from a book called When Children Grieve. It's more specific to children losing a parent, um, but it's. Uh, it's one that encapsulates more than just death, even though that's what the book is about. But the book is um, James and Friedman's When Children Grieve. And the definition is grief is caused, the conflicting feelings that are caused by a change or an end to a familiar pattern of behavior. 
And I like all the parts of this definition because A, talks about conflicting feelings because yes. grief puts you on a roller coaster. <laughs> oh, yeah. And um, change or an end to a familiar pattern of behavior. So think about, you I mean, that happens frequently, right? So it just goes to show there's all kinds of grief, all kinds of losses. There's, you know, just your daily losses of maybe losing a job, losing routine, a breakup, um, you know, and then they can get more intense from there. Sure. So I do find that with just about every person I talk to in the counseling setting, we end up addressing grief on some level. And um, the layers of loss that they experience, especially with a cancer diagnosis. So what are some common um, things that people grieve after a diagnosis? Well, um, you know, initially, sometimes it's it's just the practical things. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the loss of the routine, the daily routine of going to work and things like that. The loss of feeling good enough to engage in those daily routines. Um, Obviously the loss of their health and, you know, concern that they're never going to feel the same because we always start thinking about our future when we think about loss. Um, Loss of income. Sure. Because they can't work. Uh, Loss of their role in the family, you know, um, and, and it's not always a permanent loss and not that they're not still going to be mom or still going to be dad or whatever that, you know, their role is, but they, they're, um, their daily activities within the family. Maybe they don't no longer get to take the kids to school anymore Yeah, because they have the appointments all the time or they're too sick. To yeah. Go. And I think of loss of control. Oh you know? gosh. I mean, huge. that's huge. Or loss of body parts. Yes. Yeah. Loss of body parts. That happens. Loss of hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that which, happens a lot and that's a big it, thing for a is. lot of people. Yes. Which, which I want to step in here for a moment. The guy with very little hair, um, <laughs> Is to remind folks that we have our wig room. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, KK's wiggle room. And I tell you, um, it's not often I'm here when someone comes in for a wig appointment to find a wig. But when I do, naturally, I feel uplifted because I see the joy. I see the the look on their face when they get the one. Yeah. And sometimes, Pam, the one is not the usual or what they would ex- you would expect yeah. them to pick. That's right. Maybe a redhead or yeah. a blonde or gray. It yeah. depends on the day. Well, and that's good. You know, I'm glad that you know the folks that feel like they can embrace that because sometimes when their hair grows back, it's a different texture or mm-hmm. a different color. Mm-hmm. And, and they, curls. okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. And, so. and, you know, and the beauty again, Pam, it's free. That's right. So, you know, um, we, we want to try to alleviate some of that grief. And the other, the other thing too, Pam, that, that strikes me here is, as we always say with all of our things here at the center, they're for caregivers too. Yes. And caregivers go through a tremendous amount of grief Mm -hmm. as well, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because they grieve the loss of the person that they knew before, not that they change personality wise, but you know, that, that relationship definitely changes when somebody's not feeling well or is really, really sick. And then of course, then they start thinking about their own mortality. And I mean, there's, there's a lot of, of changes. So the change or an end to a familiar pattern behavior again is what causes the grief. So is grief and mourning the same? Um, mourning is the outward expression of grief. Grief is, is the feelings that we have and mourning is how we express those. And everybody is unique 
in that as well. Everyone's expert, um, the way they experience grief is unique and the way they express it is going to be unique. You know, we've talked about that, Pam, right? Everyone grieves differently uh-huh. and it's, it's not right for someone to say, get over it. Oh, you know, no. I mean, <laughs> come on, it's okay. You're done with yeah. treatment. Yeah. You're done with treatment. Let's yeah. go. You Let's should get be over fine. it. Yeah. And because, yeah. I don't understand why you still feel bad. Yeah, exactly. And those are the most, and, and I know I can, I can almost feel it. Some of, some folks are nodding their head as they're listening to this, uh-huh. that how many times they've heard that. I mean, I had this conversation this week with someone. Yeah. 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 It's, so, so what are some common grief reactions? Common grief reactions? Well, it's a lot of it's going to be dependent on personality. It can be withdrawal. It could be um, outbursts of anger. It could be extreme exhaustion. It, actually, a lot of the responses mimic depression. Mm-hmm. And so then people often will start thinking, oh, I'm feeling this, this, and this. And, you know, we've all seen the commercials for antidepressants to tell you <laughs> you're feeling blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And then they think that they're depressed. And then, of course, you know, we've talked about the stigma and mental health, and they think there's something wrong with them. And often when I talk to people and I just say, you are grieving. Mm-hmm. This is okay. It's okay. If you've ever had a reason to grieve, this is it. Yeah. And it's, and it's normal to feel this way. And a lot of times people feel a huge amount of relief just knowing that they're not crazy. Right. Oh, I cannot imagine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially if you struggle for a long period of time mm-hmm. and you don't seek assistance or right. seek help. Right. And I mean, I would just, again, break in here and just say, that's why we work with mental health professionals here at the center, mm-hmm. because you should not struggle with I mean, don't do this alone. No, no one you should know, have to do you, this you, alone. We have resources for you that, again, are entirely free. So um, I, I want to stress that right now as well about this, because with the, the side, you know, the side where someone says, oh, I can't go talk to a counselor. Oh, I don't want to do listen to the podcast about the stigma around counseling that mm-hmm. Tiffany did. And I think it will change your mind about yeah. coming and visiting with Tiffany or Another counselor. Yeah, anybody. Yeah. Or support group. Or the support Support group. group. There's huge value, especially in grief, because talking about wanting to feel like you're normal and and so many people, they know I talk to a lot of other cancer survivors and they want to know the normal. And I always, always encourage the support group because what better way to feel like you're not alone? Oh, yeah. When you can connect with other people that get it because they're walking in the same shoes or similar shoes. Yeah. Back in the day um, in nursing school, we talked about the stages of grief. Mm-hmm. Is there such a thing anymore? Well, yes. There. Okay, so um, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross wrote those five stages of grief that you, I'm sure you learned about in nursing school. And gosh, if you Google it, I mean, you'll still see it. I mean, it's all over the place. Um, but those were intended when written for people at end of life. Um, and they, and we do see a lot of parallels, the shock, anger, denial, depression, acceptance, but there's been more of a movement in the mental health world when discussing grief and with, um, Alan Wolfelt and, um, some of the other writers around grief that it's not as much stages because there isn't a one, two, three, four, five, and you're done. (laughs) (laughs) If only it were that easy. Um, and obviously at end of life, there is a finish. Yeah, because the 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 eventual death is 
that yes, you're done. But with grief, it's different. It's ongoing. And I always tell people, I don't mean to sound negative when I talk about you're always going to, grief is going to be a part of your life and you just learn to integrate it. It's not always going to be so painful, but it is something that will always be a part of you, especially when the loss is significant. Our daily losses, you know, kids breaking up with their boyfriends, whatever, uh-huh. you know, those, those things, losing your favorite something, pencil, whatever, or ruining something that you love, those are obviously not going to have the same impact as the loss of health, the loss right. when, when experiencing a diagnosis or the death of a loved one or something. So, so there, it, we've already, we just talked about there's no tr- traditional stages. Right. Um, how, how do we process through that then? Well, again, don't have to do it alone. Yeah. Let's talk, let's talk about that because if, if there's, if there's no true stage and, and I uh, am now grieving going through cancer, mm-hmm. obviously that looks like I'm going to need to visit with someone or potentially could visit with someone. And let's just kind of walk through my, what that might look like. Well, I mean, it's number one, you know, embracing where you're at and that tomorrow may be different and it may look different, may feel different. Um, I talk about the roller coaster mm-hmm. of grief because it's like getting on a roller coaster. Some days you're feeling fine, things going up, and then you crash or you, you know, have yeah. that downward motion and, and it, things are not so good. And then start to climb back up and feel better. And then, you know, um, but I will say with each up and with each down, just like on a roller coaster, think about what it does. You're a little more prepared for how it's going to feel next time. Does it still take away that in your stomach? No, yeah. not necessarily, but you at least experienced it. And the same when you're on a roller coaster, sometimes you go on a loop. And then for a minute, you're hovering upside down and your world is completely upside down. And hopefully there's some, some solace in knowing that you're going to come out of that loop. And then again, the next time you hit one of those, you're a little more prepared for it, especially if you start gaining coping skills. So, of course, the coping skills is what we work on. First, acceptance of what you're experiencing is normal, as crazy as it may seem, and the ups and downs and all over the place and you know um, that you may have. But then, you know, what are some coping skills you have? What, um, and a lot of times that includes reviewing past losses because a lot of times unresolved grief over past losses gets trudged up. Um, I don't know how many times we end up talking about other family members that have had cancer, maybe even when the client was in their childhood and things like that. And then looking at what their family member, the rest of their family was going through Mm -hmm. and how they were either, A, we didn't talk about it, Sure. Oh yeah. And oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And the further back you go, the more you you, you see that. And but that be- also becomes family culture in some families. Mm. So yeah. So that's kind of that. That's where we start and how to cope and just learn to accept it, learn to integrate it into their lives. And that process is different for everybody. Sure. Well, and it's ongoing. Ongoing. I mean, yeah. It is. It's unfortunately. There's no end to grief. Yeah. I There's. I was reading about a quote and it said, uh, grief is like glitter. Uh-huh. It's always around. You might not see it. Uh-huh. might be in the corner. might come up. Uh, oh, I hadn't heard that one. I like that. That's oh, good. Oh, glitter. Favorite <laughs> thing, right? <laughs> yeah. We've done, Tiffany does some art groups here <laughs> at the center. I knew that was going to come up. <laughs> 
and was we've, to done, glitter. we've done a fair amount of glitter and sometimes it's still it's it that's lingers. a good that's a very good analogy yeah. because um it does linger yeah <laughs> it does linger and but it and but the other part of if you think about glitter you know when you 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 clean it up and each time you clean it up there's less there's less mm-hmm. it may not ever go away but it's not as intense right as when you first yeah. use right. it so. that's a very good di- discussion there Oh, yeah. You know, so what about, we're talking about ways to cope with it. Mm-hmm. Let's turn the tables if we can, maybe, and mm-hmm. say, here's some ways not to cope with grief. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. and Well, people, so a lot of times our initial reaction is if there's something wrong with this, we don't want anybody to know, so we got to figure out a way to mask the pain. Yeah. Or not feel the pain, avoid the pain. And unfortunately, you can't avoid the pain. It's going to be there. And I had a colleague that used to say the, the cure for the pain is the pain. Mm. And, and experiencing those emotions. Working through it. Working through it, no matter how painful. Processing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the, there's another quote, grief is a journey, not a destination. You know, it's, it's, you know, you will get on the other side of the pain by going through it, but that doesn't mean you're not going to experience it anymore. It just may not always be as intense. Um, so masking pain, drugs and alcohol, some people mask pain. Some people try to busy themselves to the point that they don't ever think about it. And, and then, you know, when they are still is when it hits them like a ton of bricks. Um, a lot of times um, I see in counseling folks that um, it's not when they initially get the diagnosis or even whenever they're doing the treatment because that busies them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's when they don't have that anymore as part of their their daily world. So that's a change, another loss. And then it's like the reality of yeah. all of that change has set in. We see that, don't we, Pam? I do. You know, yeah. especially whenever I meet with patients, um, I think their world, it, it, it's like a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. They get diagnosed and they go 90 to nothing and they hit survivorship and they um, at the it. end of treatment and yeah. they're lost. Yeah. Well, and, and, and they don't know where to turn to. They don't want to talk to their family because right. they feel guilty that they're surviving but they still have those fears, worries, anxieties. Absolutely. Well, you know, Pam, we've talked about this before, and you know full well, coming from your background, everything is scripted, you know, mostly. It's during treatment. During treatment. Yeah. Monday, you have this, and Tuesday, you have oh, this, yeah. and you have lab, and then you'll see the doctor, and then we'll have a test, and then we'll do this, and then you have treatment, and then you have chemo, and then we'll do this, and then we'll see you next week, and then you come back, and here's your next week's appointments, and then all of a sudden, just as you said, that roller coaster comes to a screeching halt and they say, congratulations, you've done, you're done, you finished. Now what? We'll see you in three months. Yeah. And then it's like, well, wait a minute, I'm so used to doing these things and I'm so used to doing that and I'm not sure what to do. And then compound that with families mm-hmm. going, yay. Yeah, you're done. Yeah, you're done. Now you're back to normal. Now you're back yeah. to normal. And yeah. they're not. And they're not always back to normal. Right. Right. And they don't always know why they may feel down or they, you know, feel lost because you just said it was scripted. Mm-hmm. Everything was planned, you know, this, 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 and this. And then now it's like, okay, now I have to sit here and wait in my worry for the next three months until I get a scan and know if everything is okay, you yeah. know? Yeah. So that's another thing that's often experienced. Right. So how are some other ways that they can, you know, they're listening and they're thinking, well, maybe I do have grief. I'm have some grief. How can I cope better what do I need to do? When do I need to seek out help? Well, I would say for, for most people, 
um, you know, anyone can benefit from counseling first and foremost. Um, and it doesn't always have to be long and drawn out and intense. Sometimes people talk to me once or twice and they're good, you know, Mm -hmm. um, just because they want to know that they're not crazy and and just to have their experience normalized. But, um, I would say when it begins to bleed into your daily world to where you can't function, when you can't, and I'm not talking about physical health, I'm talking about the mental side of it. When you can't, work like you would normally work when you can't and when you can't engage in your household activities and it's hard for cancer patients especially to evaluate that because some of it is their bodies are still recovering Mm -hmm. so it's when you can't complete the tasks the um the regular functioning that you would normally be able to do in considering their physical abilities. The, the state at the moment. Yeah, kind the of state deal. at the moment. When yeah. it's affecting their relationships um, within their household and, and outside, maybe they find that they're withdrawing and they don't want to be around anybody. Some people do withdraw. Some people rage. Some people, you know, everyone is, of course, different in that. So when they find that it's starting to have a significant impact on those other areas of their life, that's when I would say it's probably time to talk to somebody. Yeah. And let's talk about that real fast. Um, I wrote down uh, a word that I want to make sure and stress to our listeners is um, I don't, we talk about overcoming roadblocks a lot of times or overcoming Mm -hmm. obstacles. And so one of those obstacles, as you just hit on is I'm busy at work. I'm I'm Mm -hmm. trying to go Mm -hmm. to work. I'm trying, I got to get my life back together. I got to do these things. I don't have time to carve out an hour plus in my day mm-hmm. necessarily mm-hmm. to drive over and find and see you're still doing telehealth. Yes. Because so many people have found that to be way more convenient. We still get to be face to face and let's be realistic. You know, that's a much more commonly accepted practice than setting up an appointment. There are still people who like to set up traditional appointments and that's all fine and good. But this allows people the flexibility of before they even leave their house to go to work, we can mm-hmm. have an appointment and maybe they just go in an hour late that day. And it, instead of having to take time off, drive over, you know, the the time I'm allowed to drive from wherever they have to come from. And that being said, a mm-hmm. lot of my clients live in the outlying areas yeah. of, of Amarillo yeah. and have an hour drive anyways just to come here. Yeah. <laughs> so You know, and, and that's, I, I, rem, I distinctly remember the day that we, you and I, we worked through trying to figure out how to do telehealth yeah. <laughs> and it was a, it was a nightmare that ultimately just became so simplistic. Yes. And it was one of those things where we, it was like, we were obviously forced into it much like the rest of the world. Right. And, um, went into it kind of kicking and screaming because it was like not the right way to do counseling potentially. It, right. it was just not the norm. And I remember you saying, I'm reaching people that I never would have reached right? because this is so much more convenient. I'm just going to continue to do this. Is that okay? And I was like, yeah. Well, yeah. And um, I, I mean, I have a lot less attrition. I have a lot less, um, uh, no shows <laughs> Sure. <laughs> because you know, it sometimes let's be real. Their brains are affected mm-hmm. when your, your brain is affected when you're grieving. You can't always think straight sometimes and you can be forgetful and then add chemo and other physical mm-hmm. problems. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's easy to forget. And so it allows me that, you know, ability to call. And if they don't answer a text, Hey, are we yeah. still, are yeah. we still on for our appointment? Oh, I forgot. And, w- and if that had happened and I'm sitting here waiting at the office, they wouldn't have any time to get here before my next client came. Yeah. 
Yeah. Pam, so one the of the, of technology. it is. Yeah, and yeah. one of the things I just want to bring up too, that I, it, I just, it hit me just a second ago too. Um, it's been in the, I'm going to reference one of our other podcasts, which is so cool because we have such a library of amazing topics. The one that we did where it was talking about getting back to work and it was talking about accommodations mm-hmm. um, for survivors to ask of their employer. And mm-hmm. um, maybe one of those accommodations is that they allow a longer lunch mm-hmm. so that once a month, once every two weeks, whatever the, the frequency is that you and the survivor discuss, they allow them a longer lunch break for counseling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A and lot of people so, do that from the car. Yeah. Even. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and so I, I challenge you to go back. If you if, if this is something that, you know, you're struggling with and you're trying to figure out, I mean, I don't have time. I, even the telehealth sounds really complicated and sounds long, you know, takes some time. Go back and listen to that about uh, talking to your employer mm-hmm. um, and just asking for an accommodation like that yeah. can make all the difference in the world. Absolutely. So let's say I'm not quite ready for counseling, but I want some tips on how to process my grief at home. Do you have some simple tips? Well, I mean, just there's some different books um, to help normalize. People, some people like to read, definitely journaling. Journal your experience because you can gain so much insight just from, from writing things down. Just about what you're going through. And I tell people, because some people think, oh, journaling, I hated writing in school. I don't want to do it. You know, um, some people love to write, but others <laughs> don't. And and so I say, it doesn't have to even be um, well, full sentences. It doesn't have, don't worry about correct spelling. It doesn't, you don't have to let anybody see it. You can burn it if you want when you're done, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so I, some people like bullets or like to make lists or, or whatever. Um so I think journaling is definitely, and then I encourage most people, you know, what, what is a way that you like to be creative, that you like to keep your hands busy? Because those things can help a person cope and maybe escape from their pain, but not necessarily in an unhealthy way, like too much drugs or alcohol and avoiding, but just to be able to sit quietly, repetitive hand motion is soothing. So, um, crochet, the adult coloring books, things like that can be really great for people, especially if they can't engage in their normal activities because of physical reasons. Sure. How about meditation? That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah. And absolutely meditation because, um, there, you know, we've talked about guided meditations Mm -hmm. before, Mm -hmm. um, and there may be, um, Oh, well, there are some out there. I can't think of any specifically off the top of my head, but that help you to process your grief. I know Mm -hmm. I've done a couple for folks before, and I'm sure there are recordings of some guided meditations of talking about visualizing. And, you know, if it's the death of a loved one, again, you know, that's what people most associate with grief, but visualizing your, your deceased person and um, having a conversation with them. But I think you can modify that and do the same you know, visualizing the person you were before cancer and having a conversation with that person, um, things like that. So you can always adapt it. Well, and that's what a lot of our classes and our um, support group and activities are great for Mm -hmm. is to build a camaraderie with folks, see that, you know, there is a different side in survivorship. Um, and then also, as we talk about too, Pam, our 
mini vacations that we sometimes have, right? That's what That's right. I wish I could remember who said that on the podcast. I need to go back and find it, but it was like survivors need mini vacations and these mental escapes, whether it's like when we did our fly fishing excursion yes. or we take a full moon hike or we go to a hockey game or whatever the case may be. A lot of, I mean, a lot of the things we do are not centered around, you need to be exercising and be moving right. and getting yeah. around and moving and doing or talking about things. It's really just having a good time. Well, and, and that, the other thing I was going to mention to help people cope without seeing a counselor is just being with other survivors, mm-hmm. seeing that there is another side of their grief, of their emotional pain, you know, somebody who's further along in the process of it. And they can be so helpful to each other. I've, I've said this time and time again, the connection that happens between those people is so healing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Just knowing somebody else gets it because they've, they've walked that journey. And I think it gives um, purpose or meaning mm-hmm. to those that do come and help those that are coming for that extra support. Both sides. Oh, everybody wins. Yeah. Yeah. Because by helping others, it helps heal yourself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you know, um, and I know you've said uh, on countless occasions, part of the, um, what you do with in counseling is a part of the uh, treatment plan Uh is you recommend get involved in something. Connecting with the other. Build a community. Find your, as we like to say, your tribe. Find your vibe tribe. tribe. (laughs) You know, maybe that's not the yoga class. Maybe not. Maybe it's the water class. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's, you know, the art group. The art group. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you find a connection in something that goes on. Yeah, because nobody should have to journey this alone. Oh, no way. No one. So do you have recommendations for books? Oh, well, <laughs> well, the When Children Grieve is a great one. Um, for men, there's one that's called Swallowed by a Snake. I actually don't know... Um, off the top of my head, any that are specific to grief and cancer, but I'm, I'm sure they exist. Um, I love when talking about conflict and families, um, Ira Biox, the four things that matter most. It's more about end of life, but he's a physician that has worked in palliative care for years and years and years and just talks about the stories of, of families finding ways to say goodbye at the end. And But what I love about those four things is that they apply in so many ways of conversations that need to be had impending death or not. Mm-hmm. And so the, that one's a really great one. Um, for kids, um, the one that I wrote down to make sure I discussed here, because I feel like this one applies to adults. And in many of the support groups I've led in the past, I will use children's books with adults and read them because it's something visual. It's something that, you know, is short. We can kind of talk and then use it as a, as a way to, lead the discussion and the one I love is by Jack Kent it's called there's no such thing as a dragon and the idea is that there's a little boy who wakes up one morning there is a dragon a little tiny dragon sitting at the foot of his bed and he tells his mother about it and she says no no there's no such thing as a dragon there's no such thing as a dragon and she makes him pancakes and the dragon eats all the pancakes and he starts growing and he gets bigger and bigger the little boy goes to school um, the dragon stays at the house, continues to get bigger and bigger until he's completely taken over the house. His arms and legs have poked out the windows and he's walking down the street and carrying the house. And, um, and the mother finally has to say, okay, okay, there's a dragon. I see it. I get it. I got it. There's a dragon. <laughs> we got to deal with it. And then guess what? The dragon gets smaller. So Sim, and, and the idea is that 
just by talking about it yeah. can help make your problems seem a lot smaller than they are. Mm. So you are not alone if you're going through this process. No. And you don't have, have to, to do it no. alone. That's right. No, that's right. You don't. How did they get a hold of us? Oh, gosh, Pam. This, here's the thing. Just call. That's the simplest thing. You can go to our website. You can, you know, go to our Facebook page. You can do all those things. But you can simply call 806-331-2400. Mm-hmm. You'll either get a hold of Mary Bell or you'll get a hold of Pam. Mm-hmm. And you guys... We'll walk them through whatever needs to happen. That's right. You know, we'll you find can, the resources yeah, you can facilitate a, an appointment with Tiffany. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we let Tiffany handle it from there. You can facilitate all the things that need to happen, whether that is a wig appointment, whether that is a mentor, mm-hmm. whether that is what new fun activities do you have coming up or mm-hmm. when is the calendar? How do I get a calendar? Whatever your question might be, just call 806-331-2400. Um, you can, of course, go to our website, 24survivorship.org. Um, I just want to challenge you with homework right now, Pam. I just want to challenge them. Just go to our website. Look at what it is. Um, we're never, never, you know, um, here to embarrass or, you know, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you're feeling like that. No. We want to find a resource to help you. And if we don't have it, what are we going to do, Pam? We're going to find it. We're going to find it. A lot of our resources have come, not Tiffany, but a lot of our resources have come by needs. Mm -hmm. And suddenly now we have this wonderful resource that people have needed and now they get to take advantage of. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I just, let's do their homework right now and just tell them, go to the website or call. One of the two. Super simple. Very simple. Tiffany, thank you so much for sharing your wealth of knowledge. I'm sure you have a lot more to share. <laughs> um, we'd like to leave our listeners with a Pete's Powerful Moment. We are sponsored by Pete's Car Smart Kia. Do you have a moment that you could share with us? Okay. Well, with regard to grief, I think about somebody that I have worked with um, for a while. And this person not only had the cancer diagnosis herself, but then the spouse also had a cancer diagnosis. So we talk about layers upon layers of grief and then how processing those losses then helped prepare, prepare this person for when their spouse died. And the exp- because not all grief is the same, but you know, there are some similarities and, and be pulling on those previous resources of what helped me before can help me again when we experience more significant losses and that and when that client told me that I felt so much more prepared to deal with this loss because I had worked through the others mm-hmm. that, that had was the pretty tools. powerful yeah had, had the, the tools. tools had the tools yeah we all need extra tools in our toolbox absolutely yes <laughs> yes oh I, I I can't I mean there's a lot of wonderful tools there's a lot of important tools but I, I at the moment I think knowing how to handle what's going on and work through what's going on. And even knowing who to turn to mm-hmm. is some of the most important tools you can have. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I, I, when I've had so many similar experiences as I work with different people and even being able to say, Hey, I'd love to connect you with so-and-so. Can I get their permission? Mm-hmm. You know, that mentoring thing, yeah. you know, again, just, you can't have too many. Oh yeah, Absolutely. You know, Pam, as you said in the very beginning, um, we always learn something. And today is no different. (laughs) I mean, really, 
even though sometimes I feel like, and not that I feel like I know it all, but I feel like I kind of have a pretty good grasp or pretty good understanding, but I always walk away with a better understanding and really more knowledge as to what maybe might be available to help someone. I do too. And I also feel like, you know, we're here just to help the people. Yeah. We're here to help you. We're helped here to help your caregivers. Um, and it's all free. Yeah. And, and that, that's the other point. Let us know how we can help. Yeah. Um, we have lots of resources. We're going to do, um, we, we've done a, a, an episode on, or two episodes, I think it was, or maybe it was just one on all of our instructors, um, on the varying classes and things that we have to offer, but we're going to do one on some resources that we have, cool. uh, coming up that maybe is some, some hidden gems, hidden gems <laughs> oh. you know, maybe some resources you're not entirely aware of. So, um, but if there is something, let us know, uh, like, like Pam said, if we don't have it, we'll find it. We're good at locating things. We're really good. We're Google experts. Well, we are. We are. There, there is no secret. We are good Google experts, but we're also good at, 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 at pulling resources from elsewhere here. Right. That, That's right. That maybe that maybe a survivor says, well, I can Google, but, but it, it might come a little better from a foundation reaching out and saying, how can we partner together? So uh, just know that we are available to help you. We are willing to help you. We want you to succeed. We want you to be better. We want you to join in any of our classes and activities and and, and, and just heal. That's right. During your treatment and after your treatment. Bottom line. Yeah. Simple. Simple as that. <laughs> simple as that. I know it's not simple, but it is simple as we want to help you. So uh, share this podcast with those that you know struggling with grief. And it doesn't have to be with cancer. Um, as Tiffany said, we all grieve. And we have grief moments and, and we have t moments and, and periods of time of, of loss and grief. I think we probably all are grieving 2020. Yeah. yeah. We, a lot of things. Mm -hmm. 2020, 2021. 21. Yeah. Part of 2022. Right. Yeah. Um, so it is no, uh, it's no doubt that uh, there's some grief out there. So pass this podcast along, share it. Tell some folks about it, and then make sure you join us next week for another great episode of Beyond the Ribbon. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Beyond the Ribbon. Make sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast and follow us on social media for news and updates. If you'd like more information about the 24 Hours in the Canyon Cancer Survivorship Center, please visit our website, 24survivorship.org. Thanks again, and we'll be back next week.